daily deep dive into everything Utah Jazz. It's time! All season long and even in the offseason, it's Jazz Daily with JJ and Alex on your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So yeah, those two guys are going to have to adjust to how they're being guarded. We're going to have to adjust as a staff in terms of things that we can do to help them. And with that is going to come helping the Keontes and the Collins and those guys recognize those differences uh, as they're happening so that we can ultimately help the team play better. Welcome back. It, of course, is our one of our favorite segments. It's our Jazz Daily segment, although we've had enough discussion. JJ and I yelling at each other about the Jazz and the future of what it looks like. Now it's Tim Lacombe's turn. Now the coach, Tim Lacombe, has to jump in on here and have this conversation. Our show is always brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G Bar is perfect for anybody who needs a quick tasting, nutritious boost. And, of course, every time that Tim comes on with us, it's also brought to you by Spherion dot com slash Utah. Spirion, of course, helping you staff your office with anything you need. Anybody you can get a hold of. The best hires all happen at Spirion. So there you go. S P H E R I O N dot com slash Utah. The job father here with us. Tim, what's going on, coach? What's going on, boys? Oh how's your uh how's your Tuesday? Uh you know what? It would have been a lot better if the game last night didn't give us a lot of anxiety about what's going on with this team going forward. That wasn't great. Well, you saw it, so give us your thoughts. Um, I, You know, obviously after a trade, you got to figure some things out. J.J. was in the camp of thinking, oh, the Phoenix game, they seemed like they were kind of had their stuff together. They'll be even better on two, on Monday, and they seem to be a little bit more lost even. Well, I think it's, you know, I think the, the Jazz have played two really good teams with superstars, and uh, – and they really are kind of—they're not back to square one, but they're—they are now trying to figure out how to deal with everybody out there. The new guys are trying to figure out their spots. Um, so there's there's a lot of moving parts, and there's always going to be a lot of moving parts in a rebuild. I think to to probably put it the best I can uh, to evaluate the Jazz off of one night right now would be akin to, you know, evaluating your children's progress in college at age five, mm. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's going to move fast and, and the jazz are, are on a track to rebuild, but this is one of those dips. Um, you know, there's a window, they acquired an asset, but with doing so had to give up some veteran leadership, some veteran know-how. And right now it's just, new guys are going to have to figure it out. But to me, the guy who's kind of watched this from the start, that's kind of an exciting time. Yeah, Tim, the reports coming out of the locker room last night was a, a description of a, a frustrated locker room. Uh, maybe guys upset with the, the, the way things went down at the deadline. What do you make of that? You know, I don't think as much. I, I would be surprised. I mean, I think everybody here understands, you know, what position the Jazz are in, so – um, business is, is a part of the NBA that I think players do a good job of trying to stay out of. I, I think there was frustration because I think, you know, they did feel like there was some momentum built and there's going to be nights like last night where 
Um, you know, certain times the right hand won't know what the left hand's doing. I mean, that's not any part of the, you know, the coach's fault. I think it's obviously you've got Taylor Hendricks, who you want to get back into the to the fray. You want to get Keontae progressing. But with that, playing young guys, doesn't matter if it's the high school, college, or, or pro level, you play younger guys, and there are going to be more dramatic swings. Tim, what about the – you know, the idea of, you know, we were talking about the, we are trying to compare what the playoff s- scenarios could look like for this year. And I just think that it's not healthy every day to be like, well, are they going to be good for the play? Are they going to be, are they going to make a playoff push? Or is that just, is that just me being a negative ninny here? And I just, and, and the reality is, is that this team could still be a playoff team. I know that the rebuild, you can't have rebuild and then let's be a playoff team kind of in the same sentence and, and, and both be true. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on what type of rebuild you're doing. I think, you know, I think Danny's been pretty uh, transparent that, you know, he and Justin both, that, you know, really the goal is not just to make the playoffs, it's to try to figure out a way to win win a series. And, um, you know, I think they are, you know, ever-evolving. And right now, I mean, as we stand there, and you know, just to shade out. So it really, it, you just never know when something maybe catches fire. But as it stands, the Jazz are a game and a half out of a playing spot with, I think we have 28 games to go, um, which is so exciting for me. You know, that's, uh, I mean, 28 games, playoffs are here, best time, but also it means spring and, uh, I get out of this little – I feel like sometimes I'm a hamster on a wheel. <laughs> well, Tim, my next question, you're the perfect person to answer it. You, you've you coached it at the college level, and you've been in a lot of locker rooms, and you've had to be in the meeting room with the head coach and make difficult decisions about rotations and lineups and evaluating where guys are at. How difficult is this now for Will Hardy as a head coach to try to have to – juggle what the front office gives him as far as like where the direction they're going with personnel he, he's obviously made some tough decisions about you know putting Keontae back in the starting lineup I'm sure that doesn't sit well with Chris Dunn but those are the decisions you have to make can you put yourself in his shoes because you've been there in those situations and explain to to fans how how difficult that is to manage all these situations I think it'd be really hard um you know at the same time I think um, he's he's very very intertwined into what's going on and plans and thoughts. You know, I don't think the deadline necessarily took him by surprise. Um, you know, I think the worst kept secret out there was that Kelly was on the move, um, just because it makes fiscal sense. You know, you're 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 going to expire a guy, or you can you know your last opportunity to try to get something and between he and Ochai, a guy that they felt maybe, uh, not maybe, but they felt like was not a guy they felt like they wanted to move forward with. So you get a first round rounder back and it really just kind of is part of this game we're playing. Um, I think Will, so so to answer your question in two parts, I think he's, it's got to be hard. And uh, I think the way that he deals with it, he doesn't try to tell any stories. Uh, I think he tries to be as upfront as any coach I've dealt with, um, you know, to try to kind of get in the inner workings and some of the things he thinks through. Um, but I also love his ability on the fly to kind of make some magic happen. I thought he did it last year 
you know, I thought this year that that little segment we had was just incredible uh, from where it started early in the year. So I do not, uh, I don't envy him, but at the same time, I think if you're going to have a guy doing it, he's probably the, the best guy I've seen at managing both the basketball and the people side. JJ and I were having a discussion about, you know, the, the standings are one thing, and then there's the teams who are going to be the ones who are left standing at the end. Who's the best team in the West? And uh, after that, after you say Denver, who is it? <laughs> uh, you know, it's crazy. I, uh, you know, I really do like the Nuggets. I, I do think the Nuggets are, they're not the same team. The beauty of their team last year, I mean, the, the power of their team, the core of their team is still there, but it's kind of those ancillary guys, you know, the Bruce Browns, uh, Jeff Green kind of evolved from the crypt and made a, a, a big impact on them. So I think they've lost a little bit there, but, but I still don't, you know, question the ability of Murray and Porter and Gordon and Jokic. I think those four guys, the know-how, in, in the expert knowledge. So I, I think until somebody knocks them off, I think they have to be the favorite. But the Clippers really have a ton of that as well. I mean, kind of the new kids on the block, I guess, or OKC. Um, in Minnesota, typically you've got to kind of cut your teeth. You know, you've got to get through a couple of rounds. Uh, but I think there's a ton of talent and toughness uh, in Oklahoma City and Minnesota. So I think it's just going to be a uh, – it's going to be a fun, I, I guess we call it the second half, but I guess last quarter uh, of the season. And I think the the teams are definitely positioned, you know, within the, all four of those teams I mentioned are in a game and a half, a game, within a game and a half of, of each other. After that, you know, I think it's just window dressing. Um, the Mavericks would be will be better with the moves they've made, P.J. Washington and uh, Daniel Gafford, who I love. So I would imagine they may shoot up a little bit, uh, right now, because I think they got better, uh, but I, if I'm, you're holding me to it. I'm saying until proven otherwise, the Nuggets come out of the West. With the trade deadline moves, it presents an opportunity for Taylor Hendricks, and we're going to be focusing a lot on his performance development over the next couple of months. And you know how to scout. You're an expert, and you've done it for years. How do you scout Taylor Hendricks, and and what have you seen so far? in his expanded minutes. Obviously, the numbers aren't great, but you you can watch and see things that maybe we don't. So I think there are, you know, there's a little context required here. I do the draft every summer uh, with the Jazz. So this last year, it was Thurl and I and Alema. Um, You know, I've done it for the radio as well. And, And I really enjoy it because, you know, for about, I don't spend the time that, that Danny and the team does out there every night. But uh, I get my feel of guys during the season, and but I really do a crash course when the season, the basketball season ends, kind of that six-week period I try to really focus. Um, and I, I came out of last year's prep with a name for the Jazz to take at nine, and it was Taylor Hendricks. So it was crazy that it all kind of transpired that way. But I think the things you have to kind of understand with Taylor are, the innate things he has, like God-given things, are, are incredible. His size and his ability to move his feet, um, you know, makes him just a great – a possibility of being a great defender in this league. But as you know, 
you know, it's not just skill. It's also know-how. And, um, and he is an 18 year old kid or 19 year old kid. There were about, I guess UCF's playing BYU tonight. So his mom was there at the game last night. There were probably eight to 10 of his peers. What looked like his peers from, uh, from high school that were out here last night and see him play. And when I say these kids were kids, like they were kids. I, I mean, they had pimples, you know, I, it was crazy. And, and it just put into context, we see this, you know, big, strong um, guy who has a, a beautiful silky jumper, you know, when he's set and he's a, he might be, you know, one of the best weak side shot blockers for a young guy. I mean, it's crazy where, he could, he and Walker out there patrolling things could be. So I see the, I see the greatness right now though. There's a lot of just nuance that he's got to work through. You know he's got to understand how to wait for a screen. He's got to learn how to adequately excuse me adequately set one. You know he's got to understand pristine spacing um, and all that stuff. Right now the game's moving a million miles an hour. Um, so suffice it to say I, I love the kid. I love his, uh, his God-given ability, and I believe because a year ago he wasn't even on the radar to be drafted, and after one college year, you know, everybody came knocking. So uh, it, he w- he's a fast learner and I think will acclim- acclimate quickly, but these minutes he's going to get, the Jazz cleared space and time, they're not going to be beautiful every night, but they're going to be so worthwhile. Tim, real quick here, the Lake Show coming to town tomorrow in a uh... – Valentine's Day matchup between uh, LeBron the Lover Boy and uh, Will Hardy and his guys. Uh, so it's Hardy spelled with a T tomorrow night. So what's this game look like tomorrow? The Jazz uh, obviously hoping to steal maybe one or two of these next ones here since they are at home and since they get the Warriors a second time on Thursday. So uh, what does this matchup look like tomorrow though with the Lakers? I, I believe that. You know, every game that these guys get together, and even though last night at times was was disastrous, um, I think that that last night was, and those reps will be beneficial. Uh, whether that they'll be whipped up into a frenzy enough to, you know, battle the Lakers, who are now twenty eight twenty six, they they sit ninth, um, they they're six and four in their last ten. And it really is a question, you know, LeBron, does he play in Utah prior to the all-star break? That'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, all that get being said, I think they can win, but the way they have to do it is together. And some of the frustration that maybe some of the vets allowed themselves to kind of show last night for the sake of where this team's got to go. I mean, I, I think that's got to be a part. They, you know, they look at that and say, you know, we've got to give this every chance to succeed. We've got to give these guys our best. And I think as the team's locked in, I think they could, they can, they definitely can win tomorrow. The coach Tim Lacombe every Tuesday right here with us on our program, but all week long on all of the programs across the KSL Sports Zone. He is Tim Lacombe, pre-half and post on the Jazz Radio Network, and just an all-around maybe one of the better dudes you'll ever meet. So, uh, Tim, we'll uh, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, we've met before, right? You know who I am. <laughs> Listen, don't try to dog yourself. Don't try okay, to. I'm just checking. Don't try to dog yourself. Don't let the don't let the rocker uh, uh, lifestyle and uh, you know. Did you call him Jim Lacombe earlier? <laughs> it's James Lacombe. Wait, I didn't call him Jim Lacombe. Come on. Hey, hey, one last thing. I think BYU absolutely rolls tonight. 
Oh, there you, you know what? I didn't want to jinx them. But they got a couple games this week. Well, I, I, I'm I, not jinxing them either. It's just going to happen. I think will Taylor Hendricks beat the game? Ooh. Yeah, he'll his brother plays. So yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. He'll, he'll be there. He'll be in the house. Some uh, some jazz faithful in there. Uh, Tim, we appreciate it, man, and uh, we just love having you on the program. You're the best. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. There you go, Tim Lacombe. Spherion.com slash Utah. We will come back. More to go around the corner. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone.